Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Stress Hackers podcast with me, Sue Smith. So um, this is where I talk about mental health and well-being, emotional healing, personal development, um, how to feel better really, you know, needing it myself many years ago, I dedicated myself to finding ways to feel better mentally and physically. So this podcast is always going to be about mind, body, well-being. And remember, email me if there's anything in particular that you would like to hear around the subjects of positive well-being and emotional health. And I'll always work on that for you. So I've been talking about um, mindfulness and, and what mindfulness is. So I'd like to give you an example of how mindfulness can work against us and for us. So this is a little story. Um, I've made it up actually, but it illustrates so many um, kinds of things that have issues that I've worked through with clients over the years. Um, so I've made it up, but it will be basically based on experiences of, of different people. So when Tammy was 11, she and her friend had a silly argument at school and they fell out. The next day when she went to school, her friend not only was not speaking to her, but she'd also managed to turn all the other girls in the group against her. So none of them were speaking to her either. And as the day wore on, Tammy felt more and more upset, more and more rejected. And she felt gutted, choked. Um, she choked back the tears, pretending that it didn't really bother her. But her stomach was in quite a knot. And it was a pretty horrible situation, emotionally painful and Although it was sorted out in a matter of days, actually, the memory of this incident embedded itself deeply in Tammy's long-term memory. We might call that the subconscious mind. More importantly, also there was body memory, that gutty feeling of, of kind of that knotted feeling that was stored in her stomach and the choked feeling as she choked back, the emotion of, of um, being rejected and not included was in her throat. And of course, she consciously um, forgot about these experiences and, and um, these feelings. But some years later, with that, as I say, that earlier incident, to all intents and purposes forgotten, Tammy arrived at the works Christmas party. And as she walked in, the first person she saw was her friend, Alison. And smiling, she walked towards her. But Alison turned around and, and walked off without greeting Tammy. And then she huddled into a group of other girls and they then started laughing and chatting. Nobody acknowledged Tammy. So what do you think was going on here? Did they ignore Tammy deliberately? Did they even see her? What happened next? Well, what happened next was Tammy's first thought was, oh no, here we go again. This is always happening to me. Everywhere I go, this experience seems to happen to me where people turn against me. And she felt that old sort of familiar fear gripping in her stomach, that feeling of disappointment in her throat. And she started to feel emotional very, very quickly. And she was choking back the tears again. And she felt that um, same old feeling and she took off and ran off to the ladies cloakroom. Locking herself into um, a booth, she then had a little cry and then she thought, no, I'm not having this, I'm not putting up with this. And she made the decision to go home. She thought she wouldn't bother with the party. Some of her thoughts were, if they don't want me here, I'm not going to force myself on them. Or um, I knew they didn't really like me. And those thoughts started to go round and round and round in her mind. 
When she came out of the toilet, her friend was standing at the wash basin. Tammy, great, you've made it, she said. She cried out in obvious delight at seeing her friend. Hurry up, come outside. Vanessa's just come back from her holiday with her boyfriend and he proposed to her. It was absolutely hilarious. She's just shown us on a video. Apparently, he wanted to do it the old-fashioned way, so he asked a waiter to film the whole thing, and he knelt down to um, propose and open the box with a ring in it, but he lost his balance and fell into a swimming pool, dressed completely, you know, in his outdoor clothes, holding the ring, and just ended up in the swimming pool. So we've been laughing our heads off out there. And this was the reality of the situation. That's what the girls were gathering together and laughing about. Not what Tammy had feared. They weren't talking about her. So what actually happened here? Well, you know, the mind is constantly trying to make sense of the world. It has lots of processing and filing to do. It stores memories in lots of different ways, including somatically. That's in the body. You know, we, we actually process something like 44 billion bits of information per second. So there's a constant filing, refiling and um, storing going on in the back of the mind. But back to Tammy. As soon as she felt ignored by her friend, that feeling, that gutted feeling of fear and rejection in her stomach, then triggered the memory at an unconscious level of being rejected before. This then also triggered the choking sensation in her throat and then very quickly this desire to sort of cry and she said she felt quite childish. And along with this, in the long-term memory, the unconscious mind remembers times before when she's been shunned, um, certainly the time at school and other occasions when it happened. She doesn't consciously know that this is happening. One of the things that's very powerful is that the feelings become very intensified and that can sometimes, especially in cases of PSTD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder syndrome, the prefrontal cortex, the conscious mind, the front brain, the thinking brain is kind of partially paralysed and you can't think straight, you can't think logically. So when this was happening to Tammy, these feelings just came up completely flooding her body. She couldn't think straight and actually separate out that her friend Alison probably wouldn't treat her like that. And Naturally, she starts to assume that all of this is happening all over again and she starts to run her own dialogue of rejection and not really being part of the group, not really being wanted. And this is just an example of what's playing out most of the time in other people's minds in one form or another. So how can we stop this from happening? It was lucky for Tammy that her friend was also in the ladies' washroom and, and, and managed to intercept Tammy's story before she actually left the party and ruined her evening. But it's unlikely to be the case for the rest of us. Most of us will continue to run our story and an aspect of the mind, or the ego mind, should I say, it, you know, is that it likes to be right. It tends to run an I-told-you-so type of mentality. It's almost as if we're wearing blinkers and we can only see the bit in front that we want to see, the bit that fits with my story. The ego mind will then screen out other evidence. For example, had Tammy scanned the room, she might have actually seen another colleague frantically waving back at her. She didn't know because very quickly the emotions and the memory of a past rejection combine together to say, aha, I knew it, I'm not wanted in the group. In effect, you know, we're constantly projecting past events through the here and now and into the future, which is a bit of a nonsense, really, because 
Think about it. The future hasn't happened yet. Let me illustrate this in another way. Anyone who knows my work of the past 30 years will associate me and know that I have a strong association with Russian dolls. You know, those dolls that stack inside of each other. So let me ask you to picture a set of Russian dolls now. You, here and now, are the biggest Russian doll. So in your mind's eye, just now imagine that there are hundreds and thousands of other little dolls all behind the big one. These dolls are all symbolic of a moment in time in your past, going right back to your birth even. That's right, you've got thousands, trillions of these dolls. When, when you uh, were one and five and nine and 15 or 25, each doll holds the accumulated memory of the past and the accumulated emotions of the past, which remember are stored somatically in the body. The past is in front of you. And that's what it is. It's thin air. It hasn't actually happened yet. We create a future based on past thoughts and imaginings. When you consider that we're all doing this and we have a big mixed up play of events playing out called life. Now we can only be responsible for our own acting in this play of life. And by understanding our drivers, both emotional and psychological, mental, we can start to play out differently and maybe even start to change our lives, our futures, our scripts. The choice is ours. And that can be scary because it's a big responsibility, taking responsibility for yourself. And it's likely to involve a fair bit of work. How do we do this? Well, reflection. Think of a, a bright moon that can suddenly light a dark night and lead us home safely through the darkness. By becoming more conscious of our actions, our drivers, our emotions, we can start to throw light on the memories that we've squirreled away. For many years, the unconscious mind or subconscious mind has been depicted as the dark side, dark like a cellar. And as we gently bring our fears out and carefully examine them in our own time and maybe sometimes with the help of counsellors and therapists, we can make the dark light and become more enlightened in the process. And this requires dedication, dedication to ourselves, effort, and sometimes hard work, but most of all, perhaps a desire to live a, a more peaceful, more congruent, more authentic life. Meditation can help us to understand our minds more by allowing ourselves to be alone with ourselves, by not filling every waking moment with noise, that is the noise of other people or videos, radios, music, talking, etc. We can make space to listen to our own innate knowledge, our own inner wisdom, to what we really know deep down about our thoughts and feelings, our desires. So sit quietly for a few minutes, allow the mind to wander and eventually to quieten. Now drop your awareness into your body. Can you feel your own heartbeat? Can you hear it? Can you sense energy moving in your physical body? Allow your awareness to drop into a sense of the breath now. The breath moving itself in and out of your body without the need for you to do anything at all. Maybe 
You can take a walking meditation, whatever the weather. Snow, rain, wind, sunshine, just dressed, dress appropriately so that you're comfortable. And as you walk, be present in your body. Feel your feet inside your shoes. Notice how they feel with each step that you take. Notice how the body moves you. Move through an awareness of the weight as you shift from one foot to the other. The feeling of weight in your fingertips as your hands swing when you walk. Go through your body in this way. Or just do it sitting down. Become aware of your immediate surroundings and move through your senses. What can you see? Just mentally, quietly name what you can see. The colours, shapes. What can you hear? Start with those noises farthest away from you. And again, you can name them if you want. And then the sounds closer to you. Even the sound of your own breathing. Expand your senses to everything that's going on around you. What can you smell and taste? And then constantly pull yourself back from the future or out of the past to the present, here now. And do this and you'll notice just how relaxing and peaceful you really can be. But why bother? What are the benefits? Well, the rewards are that we start to feel more comfortable in our skins more at home with ourselves wherever we are and whoever we're with. Some of the angst dissipates from our lives. We're no longer driven by our unconscious experiences. Yeah, that is those experiences from the past that we've repressed because they were so painful. You know, the energy that is required to keep those experiences, memories, banished to the dark recesses of our mind is suddenly freed up and we have more energy and perhaps a renewed enthusiasm for life. And of course we have more peace of mind. We start to lead more congruent, truthful lives, more congruent and truthful relationships with ourselves and therefore others. And we automatically attract more and more authentic relationships around us. Someone recently berated themselves for feeling low, telling me, I'm so cross with myself. After all, I've done so much work on myself. I can't believe I'm feeling so bad. And I gently explained that feeling bad can just be a gentle nudge from an inner, wiser part of you that wants you to grow and learn and wants you to heal and feel better. All the while you're feeling okay, you're not likely to go looking for things to work on, are you? So sometimes the body will throw up a problem or an old feeling of anxiety will seemingly reappear. And if we're able to reframe it in the light of an opportunity to evolve, to grow, we might feel more inclined to just get on with it. We're just ready to peel another layer, knowing that we will feel so much more empowered once we've resolved that lesson and then enjoy life knowing that the next lesson will be along soon enough. You know, life is a journey. We're unlikely to ever arrive fixed and sorted. As famous um, Austrian psychotherapist Alfred Adler said, to be human means to feel inferior. So if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please tell everyone, tell your friends, pass it on. And if certainly if you think it could help somebody, please pass it on to them. And I look forward to sharing my musings with you in other podcasts. So thanks so much for listening and I'll 
tune in with you again soon.